0: Alabama football had a scrimmage today And Jimmy and
1: I want to talk about it Locked on Bama Your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide Part of the Locked on Podcast Network Your team every day
0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robbins has me, Jimmy Stein has him. Jimmy, we finally had some football action that's really kind of action again. Uh, Alabama
1: had a scrimmage this afternoon. Nick Saban had a press conference on it. What did we learn? Well, I mean, uh, Nick Saban was, uh, I think, uh, thrilled with the offense. I mean, I, mean, I don't know that he's going to use that term, but uh, from his demeanor, from the way he spoke, uh, at his press conference, which we watched a, a couple of times to make really sure, took notes. And, and I mean, Nick was very happy with the offense and sort of unhappy with the defense. But generally, I take that as really good news. It's it's harder to be good on offense uh, quickly. He seemed to be really happy with Tommy Reese. Hey, look, this is one thing about these press conferences. Yet yeah, everybody has to understand when 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 he's asked, what do you think about Tommy Reese so far? If he didn't like Tommy Reese or if he didn't think this would work out, what do y'all think he's going to say? He's not going to cancel the season. He's not going to fire a coat. I mean, of course he's going to be complimentary. Of course he is. That's the only way to answer that. But what you need to do is read between the lines. Okay. And to me, there's a minimum compliment like, Oh, we're really pleased with, with, uh, with what we've seen from him so far. It's early. Uh, You know, just got here, still learning. uh, But what we've seen so far, very happy with what's going on there. That's not what he he said at all. He was, I think, borderline effusive in his praise for Tommy Reese. And that's a real compliment. He didn't have to. It's the compliments when they say something that they don't have to. They they, they go beyond what, of course, they would have to say. And and I really felt like Tommy Reese has made an impression on, on Nick Saban because I don't think Saban would have said that stuff uh go as far as he did uh in his praise of tommy reese and the offense uh it seemed to me saban was very happy with the offensive line happy with the backs happy with the quarterbacks which everyone's gonna be asking about happy with the receivers uh didn't seem to be nearly as complimentary about the defense but that is the context i want to talk about because there's a reason for, for all that, and, and you have to piece things together. That's the thing about these scrimmages. When the information you get is just from Coach Saban and that's it, then to really understand what happens, you got to put everything in context and read between the lines. So this is my reading between the lines of what Coach Saban had to say. There were a minimum of five First team defensive lineman, not five first team defensive players, not playing today at all. Oh, well, four didn't play at all. One was very limited. He mentioned Justin Aboydby was very limited. As we know, he's just now cleared for full time contact, full time playing football. So they're easing Aboydby back. He did play some, but he did, he wasn't a full go. We know Dallas Turner's out for the spring. Chris Braswell is hurt and not participating. I, I think he'll be back this spring, but. Braswell didn't, so, so now you got a Boyd beat, not really Braswell. Y'all, we know Deontay Lawson is out for the spring. That's another first-team experienced player. And finally, in some of the bigger news, Kool-Aid McKinstry wasn't even there today. Uh, per Coach Saban, Kool-Aid had to return home to, to to Birmingham and tend to some family things up there. So five first-team guys weren't there, and you might be thinking, oh, no wonder the offense had a good day. It goes deeper than that, folks, because this is how the scrimmages work. Scrimmages are not like A Day. They don't do it in that they do A Day. The first team offense generally scrimmages against the second team defense. So if you've removed five starters, and not only five starters, like maybe arguably your five best starters, a boy B, Dallas Turner, Broswell, Lawson, Kool Aid certainly five of the best. When you take five guys off the first team defense, that means five, six got battlefield promotions to the first defense. Okay. Well, that means that on the second team defense today, the ones that are starters on offense we're going up against, you had five third team guys playing with the second team defense. So, Who's on the third team in the spring? True freshman, maybe a walk-on, certainly no one that you would think would be in the picture for playing time this fall. So that's who the offense had a success against. When you hear things that Simpson and Milrow had great days and the running backs all had big days and Justice Haynes made big plays, and the wide receivers make big plays – It's all about context. Remember that they did this against the second-team defense and a second-team defense that actually had a minimum of five third-teamers playing with that group. So, in other words, when when the starting defense is missing guys, there's a trickle-down effect that's really going to affect the backups more than it affects the starters. Certainly means the first-team defense isn't as good as it normally is, and I I believe you're going to hear – Coach Saban didn't really indicate it. You have to read between the lines to pick up on what he meant. But I think what that means is I think the second-team offense even had some success against the first-team defense. Well, first-team defense has, you know, six first-team guys and five second-team guys. So, of course, the second-team offense would have some success today. So, good day for the offense. Should have been a good day for the offense. Hey, the great news, Luke, it should have been a good day for the offense, and it was. This would be really bad if the offense was still bad with all that going on. I wouldn't say you panic after the first scrimmage, but but there would be reason for alarm. Uh, the offense with the way things like did. So that's all great news. We're now what? Just 15 days from a day when we all get to see this just 15 days away. Nobody panic because. The information is limited. You're going to get to see it for yourself 15 days from now and make up your own mind. Uh, Another interesting thing that uh, Coach Saban said was about the defensive lineup. And, and again, context. He was asked about the defensive backs. And he said, you know, with Kool-Aid out, Terry Arnold was a corner. He said, with Kool-Aid out, Malachi played safety today. He also then further elaborated and said Malachi has practiced at star. But Malachi was with the safety group today. The next safety name he mentioned was Caleb Downs. Does that mean that the first team defense was Malachi, one safety, Caleb Downs at the other? Maybe, maybe, maybe. I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's what that meant. Caleb was certainly the first safety he mentioned when asked about the alignment. He further indicated the star today. But again, keep this in mind. Kool-Aid's out. Once Kool-Aid's out, the shuffling begins. Okay? so. We don't need to assume, all right, against middle Tennessee, Kool-Aid and on at the corners, Malachi and Downs at safety, or a little it's it's star. Maybe, maybe, but don't assume too much too early with players missing. I think
0: that's very fair. And it's at the same time, we're so hungry for football, we're gonna overreact to all this stuff.
1: I am too. I'm trying to tamp down overreacting, but you know what I'm doing on the inside? Overreacting. Is is tamp down a thing? I don't know. Is it? I hope so. I just. I mean, said you it. meant temper? I, I meant tamp. t-a-m-p Is that bad? Is that? I don't think that's a word. I don't mean it like you know feminine hygiene products. <laughs> I
0: mean, that is it, it's so funny how you just sometimes you just have these words that you just throw out there. I have a. Uh, Anyway, I'm not going to go in. Somebody listens to this, he, he'll know who I'm talking about. So I'm going to leave it alone. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell everybody about FanDuel right now. Look, FanDuel is a lot of fun. Uh, NBA playoffs are. Really, they're here now. Now's the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sportsbook because our new customers, they get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drain to whatever you want. You can bet on the spread, the money line, the total, player points, rebounds, assists. You can bet things like the two times three, which is two three-pointers. Will they be scored in the first three minutes? You can get odds on that. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout, with same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Also, because I forgot to say it again, I want to thank everybody um, for making us your first listen. Um, anyway, just uh, th- that we appreciate you guys a ton. Um, I Apparently now there's a, a, some text going around that uh, maybe there was some, uh, maybe somebody f- smuggled a, uh, a phone in or got some media pics of the scrimmage. I'm trying to find out a little bit that about that as I'm uh, doing these live reads. That's interesting. Um, but Jimmy, you mentioned Justice Haynes uh, that obviously Richard Young. I mean, did, did you hear anything specifically about the running backs? Let me go ahead and say one other thing before I let you just go on a rant again. For whatever reason, last night um, it, Bryce Young was trending on Twitter and me being the Bryce Young lover that I am, not in a real sense. Wow. Um, That's news. It's That is news. <laughs> Bryce may not know it. <laughs> I just sneak in his room at night. And, uh, anyway. <clears throat> um, but it, it probably says a lot about me. He doesn't even know I'm there. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I, so I was looking up Bryce Young highlights from 2022. And, I, I mean, it seemed like every – catch was made by Ja'Cory Brooks. What the hell? How do I not... Why are we more excited about him? Because, honest to God, it seemed like every big touchdown or every big play was a pass to Ja'Cory Brooks last year, just watching the highlights when they're all grouped together like that. I know when you read the stats, Ja'Cory Brooks in all SEC, first team, second team, or third team. I get it. But when I was watching these highlights, I was like, boy, it seems like he's a bigger deal than we remember. That being said, Talk about the running backs and wide receivers today because I know those are two position groups everybody's very interested in.
1: You know, I think Ja'Cory Brooks, uh, I think, is a great point. Now, Nick Saban didn't uh, say specifics so much about stats or touchdowns or this or that. You know, we hear – you know, I I think you guys might hear that Justice Haynes – you know, we hear rumors. You know, as always, there's rumors Justice Haynes had had a nice day and even did well with the backups against the first-team defense – Look, I'm not surprised in the least, uh, just from videos, photos, his highlight tape, word of his work ethic. I think right now we ought to just accept the fact that this fall, Justice Haynes is probably going to play his way into the picture. But back to Luke's point about Jagori, I couldn't agree more. I, I think that, I mean, really what I think philosophically about last season, I think Part of, it, part of it's my fault. I, I really thought last fall would, would maybe be Saban's best team. I, I thought it might be. I thought this might be the best. We had the best offensive player in college football, the best defensive player in college football, and an and ample reason, I thought, to believe that we were going to be exceptional, and we weren't. But, you know, it's kind of what happens when we go to movies, and we talk about movies here. If you... Talk yourself into believing without reading a review. If you get super excited about a movie and in your head, you're going to it and you're telling yourself, this is going to be one of the best movies I've ever seen. This is, this is going to be awesome. And then it's not, let's say it's not awesome. Let's say it's way less than awesome. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to leave the theater and go, what the hell is that? I, I, I thought I was going to go see something awesome, and it was just, eh, okay. Then time passes. Then a year goes by. Then two years go by, and the movie's on cable. And you're like, nothing is on. I was so mad when I saw this. And you hit play. Now your expectations are different. Now you know what's coming, but your expectations are different. Now, it's, now, now you're watching it. And then you watch it, and you're like, you know what? That was, was pretty good. That was pretty good. I, why was I so mad? That, that was good. Was it the best I've ever seen? No. Should it have won the Oscar? No. Should it have made a billion at the, at the, you know, at the box office like you know, like, like Titanic? No. But it was good. That's really what Alabama's football season was like last year, Luke. And, and I think Ja'Cory Brooks is almost a great example of it. We were disappointed in the receivers. The receivers didn't make plays like we wanted. There were too many preparation, too many plays where Bryce just couldn't find someone and and, and and it would it just like ugly football. We blamed so much on the receivers. Jermaine Burton was supposed to be John Mechie. He wasn't. The receivers were supposed to be young and exciting because they had all, all, all these young guys to speak. Like remember when we had Devontae and Judy and Ruggs all in one class, and, and now we got these guys showing up, Bond, Shaz, Preston, uh, Kobe Prentice, Kendrick Law, they're all showing up and we're like, hey, it's that group all over again. It wasn't. So we go, you know what? This is just really disappointing. But now that there's some time and you look back on it, Luke's exactly right. Jacory Brooks was a true sophomore. No one ever promised you that Jacory Brooks was Julio Jones. No one ever said that. Sure, he was highly recruited. Sure, he was offered by everybody. You know what? Jacory Brooks is probably going to play in the NFL. He's going to end up with maybe, I don't know, 100 receiving yards in the SEC, maybe 2,000 by the time his career is over, and we're saying he's not good? It's because we just set that bar for last season so high. I read stuff all the time, Luke, and I swear you would think people were talking about a 6-6 and football team. That year that we were ranked really high under Mike Dubose and we lost to UCLA, in the opener, and ended up losing to Central Florida and Southern Miss. People sort of act like it was that that team last year. Luke was two plays away from twelve and zero, while playing maybe the most difficult road schedule in the history of the program. They played four road games against teams that were ranked the day we played them. Four ranked road teams in a year. Who plays? Who plays against that? And then the quarterback got hurt and couldn't even practice with the team for four or five weeks. And I I just think in the end, we, we just have a real demented view of last season because now that we're away from it, we look back, I think Alabama was the second best team. Maybe the third best. Maybe I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, they were the third best. The only teams better than Alabama last year, Luke, were Georgia. Certainly better. Certainly. Maybe Ohio State maybe maybe ohio state that's it don't don't tell me michigan's better than alabama or tcu tcu didn't even win the big 12 kansas state did we beat the crap out of them so how's that for a rant it's a good rant i dig it and i I really wish you had said we were the best team
0: in the country and georgia couldn't hang with us and they better thank their lucky stars they didn't get to play us just because that would have led a bunch of Georgia Bulldog fans to bark at us virtually.
1: Uh, yep. I said, we weren't as good as Georgia. They were the the deserved national champions. I'll say this. I'll I'll I'll, I'll hack off the Georgia people this way. I'm, I'm glad you did. said hack. I did. Almost almost did. I, I had another word. It was almost. I'm trying to be better about that. Uh, you better I, tamp down I, what you're saying. I'm tamping it down. Tamping it. All right. Go ahead. I'm tamping it. I think that uh had Georgia had to play at Tennessee and at LSU in November I, I'm 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 not gonna go so far as to say they would have lost but I'll say I, I don't know who wins those games I don't know Georgia fans will tell you they would have I, I think Tennessee fans and LSU fans tell you different I'm not sure who to believe put it that way I I don't know that Georgia would have beat those two teams on the road. And for all the Georgia fans crying out, you beat Missouri 16-6 on the road. You beat a bad Kentucky team by like one score on the road. Uh now I'm not I'm not so sure they'd have beaten Tennessee on the road or LSU. All right, Jimmy, Nick Saban, um he didn't make
0: me mad. I was gonna say he makes me mad because that that sort of carries a little more weight. Yeah. Nick Saban made me a little mad in this yeah. post-scrimmage. Uh, press Mm -hmm. conference, and I'll tell you why when we come back. And we're back. You're mad at Nick? Not really. I just wanted people to come back. You should Um, tampen tampen that down. (laughs) He really hacked me off. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, Bryce is going to be so upset. Um, Anyway, Nick Saban said, and apparently this is a quote, both quarterbacks played equally well. In reference to Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson, no, I'm not really mad that he said it, but it is so predictable that it was said. I think any coach ever would say the same thing, um, because really, if he had even said, you know, I thought Jalen Milrow played a little bit better than Ty Simpson day, we'd run with it, and it would never, we'd never stop running with it. And then if Ty Simpson did overtake him. Uh, we'd say Jalen Milrow just couldn't hack it. And then if, if, I know we, we, we would We're terrible like that. We are I terrible. Like that. But there is part of me this like, you know, Daniel Tosh, the comedian had a good, uh, good bit about, you know, if you have a sibling and you ask your mom, Hey, who do you love more me or my brother? She'll go, okay. I really love you both the same but what are the Duggars out in Utah supposed to do? What are you, you going to have, a 21-way tie? Nobody's ever heard of that. And so <laughs> it's like, you know, you can't – we can't have a tie all the time. Eventually you want to know, okay, who who do you really think is going to lead this thing? Now, it'll all come to fruition, and we're just super impatient. That's what all this is about. I, I think that – see, it's really hard for us to imagine the season – Without knowing who the starting quarterback is, we can all say, "Hey, I think Alabama's going undefeated," and that's fine. And we very well might, and we've done it before with new quarterbacks. It certainly can be done. But when you're lying in bed on April seventh on a Friday, and you're thinking about the football season, like Jimmy and I do, that's that's what we do. That's why we have a podcast about this. We think about football every single day. That's why we're sneaking into Bryce Young's uh, room, middle of the night, him off. Um, anyway, yeah, you uh, it, we it's so much better to visualize it when we know who the quarterback is, yep. you know. So uh, that that's the thing. But so Nick Saban didn't make me mad by saying that. I'm just saying he said it, and it's incredibly predictable. And if it were some other coach, I'd go, "Come on, man, don't give me all this coach speak." But Nick Saban can give us all the coach speak he wants. And what
1: one other point? Since I've, I've been ranting about context. We're all going to make up our mind 15 days from now. And I don't care. I, 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 I don't care who Alabama's quarterback is. Frankly, you know what would be awesome is if like the last guy we expect is Alabama's starting quarterback and he's awesome, like Dylan Lonergan. What if it's Dylan Lonergan wins wins the job and he's the quarterback and, and we make it to the national championship game behind Lonergan? I'd love it. I would absolutely love it. I don't care who the quarterback is. I don't care if it's Dylan. I don't care if it's Eli. I don't care if it's Ty. I don't care if it's Jalen. I just want – the, the best of the four to win the job, and whatever Nick Saban does, I'm going to support it because I think Saban has handled every quarterback situation at Alabama as difficult as some of them have been. I think Saban's handled it all perfectly, My, that, and I have every confidence he's going to handle it perfectly again. That's why I'm not as emotionally invested as some. I just trust Nick. Now, that said, I'm saying that to say that A-Day, in these scrimmages, Lou Rowe with one hand tied behind his back. Because what Jalen Milrow does best, what he is best at, you don't get to see that on A-Day or in these scrimmages because the quarterbacks aren't live. Yeah, he does run around. We'll get to see his athleticism. He might even make a 65-yard run on A-Day. But you really don't see Milrow, what he does best, unless quarterbacks are live. and he's, Okay. And, and so, so I just want people to – Consider that while they watch A Day, is this isn't this is sort of Milro doing seven on seven stuff? This isn't Milro doing real football,
0: okay? I'm with you 100, and I think that's a very valid point. The only thing I would add to that is hey, I kind of want him to be tied that way
1: because okay. I want to I want him to learn to pass. Agreed, so does so does so does Nick. I mean, I think that's what I think that's the thing with Milro is hey, and we can do a whole show on this, I would love to, as a matter of fact, because this is directly from Saban and, and over time, Saban believes, I remember a comment Sabin made about Jalen Hurts in 2016, about how when Hurts was a freshman, this was, I think, an interview with Dan Patrick years ago. But Sabin said, yeah, we made it in the national championship game, and I was really proud of that group, and, and, and Jalen Hurts was great to get us the national championship game. He's, he said, we did a great job. Our coaches did a great job with the team that year. He's like, but one person we failed was Jalen Hurts. And that's because what they did was they cobbled together an offense they could win with with Hurts, which basically was the one read, and if it's not there, use your legs. I mean, it's backyard ball if your first read's not there. And we were able to win that way. Jalen Milrow may be able to win that way this fall. But you could tell Nick wasn't – he feels his job is to coach all the players, not just – that he felt like Jalen Hurts wasn't coached. So what did they do in 2017? It's really struggled. 2017, with Brian Dabo got here, that was about we're teaching Jalen Hurts to be a quarterback. We want we want to give him a best chance playing the NFL. So that's what Saban's doing with Milro now. And I, you know, I, I get it totally. But I, I really think that's what's going on. It's, it's the point you just made, which is perfect. It's 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 right. That we really need to focus on making Milro more of a pocket passer because. That's how he's ultimately going to be this great weapon. Ultimately, that's the weapon, right? The guy that will beat you with his arm in so many ways, and then when he's out of ammo and you think all he can do is throw the gun at you, no, he's going to run 80 yards for a touchdown.
0: Yeah, and um, that's interesting about Milwaukee, because there's always a – not Milwaukee, a Hurts. It's always a fine line, right? I mean, do you as a coach – is it your duty to coach the players to, to get them ready for the next level? Is, mm-hmm. and Or is it your duty to put together whatever you can to win in that moment right there? And there becomes the debate of, you know, is it about the team or is it about the individual? Well, if you're the individual, you're probably like, hey, I want you to teach me what you can teach me so that I can get better to get the next level. Right. But you're a member of the team and the team's like, we need you to either throw it to the first person or run it all the mm-hmm. time. We don't need you, you know, throw, looking for your second and third reads because you make horrible second and third reads. So, I mean, it, it's that's sort of the dynamic of it. And, again, that's one of the things in coaching that gets so lost because you do have players that look out for number one, and you have to get them to buy into a team system. While understanding, everybody always thinks of those players as being so selfish. They have a point. There's generational money out there if mm-hmm. they – uh do certain things if they, you know, if they get the ball more, if they are, uh, or if they are able to operate the way they want to operate. But it may not be good for them long term. Is your job as a coach to teach them uh, that hey, I'm I'm in this for you, but also for the team, and trying to get you as much uh, brand recognition because that's a big deal now in college athletics, and move forward. But Jimmy, we're going to talk more about all the scrimmage tomorrow. Sure. We'll have a lot more. After that, but we wanted to have a pod right after the scrimmage, just whatever we could scrape together and uh, go with that with Nick Sabin's press conference. So until tomorrow, roll tight, everybody.
1: Roll tight.